that we can come to you in prayer and that it's powerful and effective and that you hear us. Thank you for the church community that is here gathered together. Because of you, I pray today that as we are here, we would encounter your word, that you would transform our hearts. You encounter our community and help us to encounter each other as well. Um, yeah, speak to us today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, when we think of confession, we probably think of the confessional booth in the Catholic Church. Um, it's old. It's been around for a long time. Things that came out of the survey was, well, because was the, one of the reasons why that's the case is because for many of them, they don't want the accountability. And I think that's true for a lot of us. That this practice of confession is missing because we don't want the accountability. We don't want to ask the hard questions. We don't want to go deeper to what's happening in our hearts, in our minds, in our world. Yet, ironically, we live in a time where we're encouraged to be authentic, to be honest, to be vulnerable. I think one of the mantra for our generation is to be unapologetically, unapologetically you to be authentically you and show it for the world in your social media pages, in your friendships, show who you are. In the big business of the self-help gospel, they tell you that. Be who you are and show it to the world. You can go to the next slide. They tell you. They encourage you. They motivate you to be you. And I think what's happening there in many ways is that they're encouraging us to curate our confession to the world. To make it look good for everyone to see. Many of us, we watch celebrities in their televised interviews, confess and share with us what's happening in their lives. And we say, oh, wow, thank you so much for being open. But in many ways, they're just curating their confession in front of us to win our affection, to win our, um, um, our to be captivated by them. And I think in many ways, we ourselves have learned to do that, to curate our world for people to see, to curate our confession for people to see. In many ways, what we are trying to do is to seek self-justification before others, to please others, to make ourselves look good in front of everyone else. But true confession is nothing like this. Yes, it is authentic. It is vulnerable. It is grounded in truth. 
true confessions. Well, God is calling us to face it head on. Why? Why? In the text we just read, it says, so that you may be healed. That on the other side of your fears and your doubts, of your sins, of your sorrows, there is a sweet redemption awaiting you. There's a merciful God who wants to restore you, who wants to walk with you in the midst of your darkness, of your grief. It's a God who wants you to be clean and to be purified before him. And so, we enter into this practice of confession. One, one, we find trusted companions. Two, we share honestly. And three, we receive God's forgiveness. We receive God's healing. So three things, we find trusted companions, we share honestly, Receive God's healing. Simple enough? You know, in our passage we just read, James encourages them to confess to one another. Right? He's talking to the church community. He's like, it, confess to one another. Now, that might seem in some way for some of us to be confusing, to be puzzling. I, uh, do we confess to God or do we confess to others? I think scripture points out that we, we do both. That in confessing to one another, we are confessing to him. There's something special. There's something essential. When we can go to our fellow brothers and sisters with our sins, with our fears, without doubts, one of us, for us to receive that redemption. That's why Christ told his disciples in John 23, John 20, verse 23, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is a beautiful picture of the church coming alongside each other restoring each other, and even when it's needed, correcting and rebuking <laughs> and doing the hard thing of calling each other out, telling each other, hey, you're, something is not right. <laughs> we need trusted companions. It's difficult. While we think we, we are so connected through the internet, we're so disconnected. We can't have those deep relationships for whatever reason. Yet we need those friendships. Yet we need those friendships. Honestly, I think Many of us, we, we, we want those relationships, but for whatever reason, we shy away from it. I mean, to be frank, 
Again, it's hard, but I don't think it's insurmountable. I think it's possible. It's almost like dating. If you don't put yourself out there, it's not going to happen. If you think it's just going to, oh, yeah, magic, all of a sudden I'm dating someone. Nope. <laughs> not going to happen. You got to put yourself out there. Risk rejection. Risk the awkwardness. R risk the discomfort. We need deep relationships. Because sometimes life is hard. <laughs> and we got to just, we need people to share with. We need that support system. So my friends, if we want those type of deep, deep relationships, put yourself out there. Don't shy away from it. Because it's much easier to isolate. It's easier. Just go home after work, play video games. Go home after work, take care of the kids. Just, you know, go through the, go home after work. Just, yeah, it's much easier because it, it's. Years ago, I had a friend um, who shared with me about how he's a pastor, a friend of a close friend of mine. He shared with me about how he was feeling just insecure about his job. Like he, he feels like he's not doing a good job. He feels like he's not being a good leader. And honestly, I laughed at him. <laughs> I laughed because I was shocked. Everything looked good. He was a great preacher, great presence, great leader, I thought. But underneath it all, who's feeling fear, that, that they can tell us. <laughs> They're like mirrors. The community is like a mirror for us to see what we can't see, to love us, again, to correct us, and to support us along the way. And, of course, number two, hopefully as we have those companions around us, we can also share honestly. We can be vulnerable, and tell them what's actually going on in our lives. And of course, this is a hurdle to overcome. And I know the church in many ways have made this difficult for us. The church in many ways have made it seem like, no, you have to put on your best face. When you come to church, everything is happy. Everything is good. The lights, the production, come happy. Don't tell us about your sadness. Don't tell us about your fears. That does not work here. <laughs> right? That's what, that's what American church is about. Be happy. And my hope, even for us as Hope Church, as a church, is that we be that countercultural community that creates a safe place for people to share honestly, to be vulnerable, to be naked to be exposed. It's hard. It's difficult. But this is what God calls us to. Uh, in his book, Hope in Times of Fear, T Tim Keller asks us to imagine, imagine an aging man hearing, whose hearing is failing, but who is in denial about it. He usually complains that it's, it is other people who are mumbling. It's not me. My hearing is fine. It's other people. 
But finally, his wife gets him to go get his earring tested. And the clear verdict is that he needs hearing aids. But when he sees, like saying, thanks so much for this. Indeed, I am an aging man who can't hear what people are telling me. <laughs> right? To be radically honest means that we have to, be, to, to admit things don't look good. <laughs> we have to admit that with all the masks that we have on, with all the things we have covering us, we have to admit it doesn't look good. Good. We can't overcome them. We can't overcome our work of self-examination. It's easy to hide them. But gosh, there's freedom when we are able to share them. I know we've, we've come through a very tough season. Um, some, there's times I think about this past year, and I'm just like, oh, wow, there's so much there. <laughs> there's so much that has happened, so many fears, so many doubts, so many things that happened that just are disorienting. And honestly, I went through a time of depression. I was depressed because I was, you know, we all remember last March, April, fear. We were all afraid, like, whoa, how's this being transmitted? Right? Some of us, we've experienced loss because of COVID. My, my dad was sick. And then we lost a church community. And then for me personally, I'm just like, what, what is my job? <laughs> I, was so, I don't even know. How, do I be a, how am I going to be a pastor in all of this? I was so disoriented. And I, I honestly, I fell, in, fell into depression. I was depressed. There were days I could not do anything. I was just paralyzed. Just could not work. And it's, it was just not fun. <laughs> I, I don't know if you experienced that or maybe you, you, I'm sure we all experienced the ups and downs from it. But I'm grateful that I have friends who are texting me, checking up on me, telling me I'm praying for you, calling me. And I could just, I would just move, many of those times I would just move to tears. That's all I could do. I couldn't even pray. Just cried. Like this is not a fun season. And I remember um, a therapist, um, my therapist was telling me, like, you have to locate what is it exactly that is making you feel right? Just go on living and just not examining exactly what is making this happen. What is making me feel cloudy? What is making me feel sad? What is making me feel afraid? Not to weed through it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm insecure. I'm, 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 I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how to lead in this season. Oh, yeah. Um, I just went through a traumatic time with my dad being sick. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of grief, that, you know, conversation that I've had. And carrying the weight of all these losses. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just carrying it. I'm just carrying it. And that's what we need to do. Because, I'm again, like I said, the temptation is for us to just keep going, just live life, carrying all the burdens, just working, 
doing what you normally do. It's fine, you know, everything's. But we need to, what are you afraid about? What are you angry about? What are you sad about? We need to locate them and bring it before God. Bring it before trusted companions and allow God to do the work of healing us and restoring us. Honestly, if I did not do that, I will be carrying that weight still. But my friends, we can be honest. We can look deeply and find what is that inside of us. That's why I love this verse in Psalm 139. I just, it's just such a direct verse for us. Search me, God, and know my heart. <laughs> ah, Search me and know what's happening inside. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Lead me to healing, to freedom, to grace. Lead me out of this anxiety, of this stress, and lead me to the way of everlasting. It's hard, I know. It's hard, to be honest. That's why Andy Crouch, in his book, um, Strong and Weak, he, he talks about this. He talks about what it means to be vulnerable. He says this, the vulnerability that leads to flourishing requires risk. It's hard, to be honest, which is the possibility of loss, the chance that when we act, we will lose something we value. To be vulnerable is to be exposed to the possibility of loss. And not just the loss of things or possessions, but the loss of our own self, the self that we've built up all this time. I am confident, I'm strong, I am able, I'm capable. And when we are honest, <laughs> those walls, those bricks we have built up, we realize, oh, yeah, it's, it's not as true as I thought. True vulnerability involves risking something of real and irreplaceable value. To be radically honest means that we might lose the bricks we built up, the mask that we built up. But the good news is that when we lose those things, when we lose those masks that we've had on our faces and our body, when we disrobe and let go, it leads us to healing. It leads us to salvation. It leads us, God leads us to the place of building us up to the people that we're meant to be. Leads us to this place of humility, of brokenness, and of strength.
is in our weakness, we are made strong. In our brokenness, we are made strong. It leads us to healing. And that's my last point. We receive God's healing. Again, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. That's what God wants for all of us. And I think that's what we all long for, to be whole, to be set free from those burdens that are weighing us down. And as I mentioned, like one of the ways this happens, that we can receive the healing is through the friendships, the deep friendships that we have built. That we receive God's love embodied in community. And that when they speak life to you, you are restored. And that's what exactly happened to me even this past year. Friends speaking life to me. Friends supporting me. And I could take the truth. I can receive it as God speaking to me. Sometimes it's correction. Hey, you're, you're veering, you're going the wrong way over here, and your friends are just like there to redirect. You know, it's been a season a lot of people have moved. You know, right? So many people have moved from the city um, for good, good opportunities. One of the things that I've appreciated is when... Um, some of them have come up to me and just tell me, hey, Craig, I'm thinking about moving. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if I should do this. I'm like, you know, what you just did right here is a good step. Is that you are offloading that burden. You are processing this decision in community. Coming out of your silos. Right, because that's what we, we think here, just me. Oh, wow, what was that? <laughs> I hope that wasn't me, but, right? We, we, we think just in our silos, but God has called us to confess, to share with community, with people around you, so that it can help you along the way. And sometimes we just need to offload, just, oh my gosh, this is what I'm experiencing, this is the fear I'm experiencing. And again, trusted companions are there to support, to heal, to correct, to rebuke, and to tell you the truth that sometimes we don't want to hear. That leads us to healing. But lastly, this is all possible in the first place because of God's healing and forgiveness, of course, through Christ Jesus. This is the reason why we can actually be vulnerable and share radically honestly we can be honest because Christ exposed himself for us. Christ gave himself for us. And he therefore gives us the strength and the fortitude to be honest. He's already done the work. The question is, are we going to show up? and receive what he's done for us. 
the Apostle John says in 1 John 5, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And as the worship team comes and as we close, we're reminded of God's faithfulness towards us. We're reminded of the work he's already done for us. And this begins the loop of why we can come courageously, of why we can offer up to him uh, our honest um, uh, experiences, our honest feelings of what we're experiencing because of the work of Christ. Because of his work, we don't have to be afraid. Because of his work, we don't have to hide. Because of his work, there's nothing left for us to prove. We don't have to prove ourselves to anyone. Because he's already done the work. Today, I want to ask you this question. As we close in prayer, what are the things in your life right now that you need to confess to God? What are the fears that you are carrying? What are the things in your life that you are angry about? What are the offenses that you have committed, that you've kept hidden? You're hiding from people. God is calling us to confess it, to tell him. So even now, would we just close our eyes in prayer? And we say, God, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Let's ask God, search our hearts, Lord. I pray, dear God, that you would lead us to the way of everlasting. Lead us to healing. Lead us to your redemption. In your name, amen. May we all stand and respond in song and worship.